2: Hey everybody, welcome to the bullpen today. Uh it's gonna be a very, very special episode uh today. Uh before we get going into the episode, just a few quick updates about Nebraska Bull Service, Vogler Siemens Center, and Vogler Cattle. Uh this episode is gonna drop on Veterans Day, so I want everybody to uh remember that. But uh the end of November, November 30th, which is the first Saturday after Thanksgiving, is the event sale. Uh Approximately 65 to 70 elite scimitol genetic selling uh, down at Tecumseh, Nebraska, Hartman Sale Facility. Make sure you check out VoglerCattle.com for uh, the updated pictures. Uh, there's going to be some really, really special uh, live lots, uh, some flushes, and then some donations for the National American Junior Scimitol Association. That's going to be held in Grand Island, Nebraska next Next summer. As far as Nebraska Bull Service, uh, this has been an outstanding month. Uh, I was just, uh, this morning we just unloaded uh, six new bulls from Alta Genetics that uh, all the semen is, or not all the semen, but a majority is going to be shipped over to Brazil. So anybody in the McCook area or anybody uh, in the Midwest, listen, if you want to see some really, really great outstanding bulls, not only the custom bulls that we have been out there in McCook, but also these great Alta bulls that have come in. Uh, Stop in and my crew out there in McCook will uh, be more than happy to take you around, give you a tour and show you uh, show you all the great uh, sires we have there. As far as Vogler the Center, we've been uh, we've been swamped back here too. just on a personal note. Uh, and I don't mind throwing this out there. A lot of you listen to this know my mother. Uh, we put her back in, in in the hospital again here a couple days ago. So anybody out there. uh Prayers would be greatly appreciated, uh, and uh, we'll kind of keep you up to date on that. She's a tough lady. Uh, she'll come through this just fine, but uh, prayers are appreciated anytime. So uh, with any further ado, we'll kind of get started here. Uh, uh, we had Mr. Bill Brody from, and I, I didn't know this till we did it, but from Ashland, Kansas, uh, a Vietnam vet, retired Marine, uh, and uh, he has an awesome story uh so just if you're out in your combine or truck or whatever you're doing just sit back sit back and take a take a listen to uh what mr brody has to say and uh especially about uh how he served how he was treated and then uh what he calls that, it's the beef battalion a really awesome thing that he's that he himself has started up uh, in studio to do it today though i uh, it's kind of funny how life works and how you get to meet people and things happen uh it's it, it amazes me, and this is. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm I'm uh, a little bit in awe right now because in the room with me, I have uh, other than my wife Susan. So it's great to see you here today. Thanks, honey. So, but I have uh, Mr. Jack Riggins Jack, I'm gonna let let yourself
0: introduce you, so I don't uh, screw it up. Okay, thank you. Uh, first of all, it, it's an honor to be here. And uh, I'm a little awe-inspired with your wife here as well. Um, she must be a brave lady to listen to the two of us. Well, she, she is. She's pretty handy, too. So, she's yeah. oh, Great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when I looked up uh, what you have done for a living and the way you're marketing <laughs> it, I was like, that's epic.
2: It is. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. And,
0: uh, and I'm also, now that you did that intro, I'm thinking to myself bulls, sires, semen. I was like, is there any way we can get that transplanted over into me? Because maybe I could go back on active duty and sling like another 20 years and <laughs> getting after it. I, is there any kind of crossover we've been able to do, like build a Minotaur seal slash bull? It, it'd be a you great fit. You know, we do fit. we do clone. <laughs> there you go.
2: Seriously. Yeah. They,
0: they do clones. We take a
2: little ear notch, a little, uh, if you don't mind getting your ear notch, we'll send it off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing. A little cash won't take care of, but we can clone you. That 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 would be scary. That would be scary. But you know,
0: we might need that one of these days. Opposed to the cyborgs, our military's all right. Wouldn't
2: that be cool though? A seal team with. uh how many, how many is on a SEAL team? Uh,
0: roughly an assault team is going to be anywhere from 16 to 20 guys. And then, 16 to 20 you
2: know, Jack Reagans yeah, You talk well, about kick ass. Well,
0: there'd be more. There'd be a lot better versions uh, of me. Yeah. You know, I kind of represent the walk-on <laughs> slash, you know, try-hard guy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, certainly, I mean, my background, I, I come from Fremont, Nebraska. That's where I was raised mm-hmm. um, for the most part. That's where I identify as home. Yeah. And uh, I think like a lot of young people – Um, In this state in particular, like sports for the males is is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, as I've returned home now with my own children, you know, two boys and two girls, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the female side of athletics and young people has really ballooned too. I mean, specifically around volleyball, but you just see that it is really spread. And I think that's really valuable and cool. Um, But yeah, for me, it was all about sports. And then like, I think a lot of young males, you're just, you realize oh, I can't do that forever. No. And um, and you have the drive, and you like the locker room, and you like the common goals. And my family has served, you know, from the World War II on up through Korea and Vietnam mm-hmm. okay. with my stepfather. So, so it's kind yeah. of okay. yeah. I mean, you hear the stories. Right. And, and so I just kind of always knew that, um, you know, somewhere in the service would be where I would probably end up. Um, and, you know, back... Back when I was, you know, in high school and those time frames, you know, for me, the world just looked like sports mm-hmm. or nothing. And then it was sports, military. Yeah. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to see SEAL team and, and kind of what the Navy would call maybe some recruitment posters and right. that whole thing. And I said, you know, why not? Let's go for it. And lucky enough, I uh, still, though, went and uh, played college football at Dana in AIA for a couple of years. Really? And awesome. Then, yeah, and then went down to the university, which had an NROTC program.
2: Oh, University of Nebraska-Lincoln? Mm-hmm. Okay. So
0: I graduated from the university, you know, went through our NROTC and then right off to SEAL training. And uh, and it worked out for me. I mean, now, today, when I advise young people, you, if you look at the odds of that happening, you know, most people would... Kind of like going pro in the seven. sport, huh? Yeah, most people would shudder at the odds. And as a matter of fact, when I advise people, I'm always about you know, look look at all your options and have backup plans. Hey, it worked out for me, mm-hmm. but the odds of the journey were so low that in one way you could debate, well, maybe because I had no idea about them, yeah. it helped me succeed. And at the flip side, um, had it gone wrong, I didn't really have any backup plans. But um, you do kind of need that laser focus. You know, I like to say that, you know, once I was done with football, I probably trained five years focused on the SEAL team, to include going to school, getting the right grades, you know, doing really? the ROTC thing. So, so,
2: so to take a step back, so you trained five years before you tried out for the SEALs?
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, wow. you, you know, I knew right after I graduated high school that that's what I wanted to go mm-hmm. do, and so I had to start figuring out, you know, how to swim elite distances, you know, cardiovascularly run long distances yep. fast, kind of change from maybe an athlete Um, of a ball sport Mm -hmm. and and really it just became in football where they were incongruent I mean you couldn't do one and be prepared for the other right and so you know going down to Lincoln was great because then it was just okay can focus the physical fitness side on SEAL team specific stuff and get my degree you know get it paid for which was Mm -hmm. awesome by the United States Navy and then you know hopefully get a get a chance get a selection to go to the actual seal selection, so it worked out, and there, and there's no reason it can't for anybody. It's just about setting goals and finding the people to help you get there and have the drive to actually yeah. follow through with everything. Yeah, well, so especially
1: at such a young age, too.
0: Right, I, and I was a trouble like you. Eighteen to twenty, I was. Oh, we yeah, we all were screwed up. Yeah, I think that's normal I in mean, Nebraska. You
2: go to, yeah, you go to <laughs> and, and and trust me, I you, you know, kudos to you. You graduated from Lincoln to hell. I still got thirteen hours. Will I graduate? Not too damn old for that shit, right? So it yeah. ain't gonna happen. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> I, for me, school was a means to an end. It was a means yeah. to a tryout to SEAL team, and and it worked out. And I love the fact that I have that to fall back on mm-hmm. if 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 I needed to. Um, Having said that, I mean, 20 years after service, and to stay competitive in the service, I had to get a master's at KU because that's just the way the pipeline works. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the reality, the, the military has paid a lot of money to get me educated, although I've never necessarily used those directly. Yeah. Um, but I would say they were just value in the maturation of a young leader. And uh, yeah, so it worked out for me. And then, you know, at some point we get to you know, well, where, what are you going to do when you're done? Yeah. And uh, my wife and I have always loved Nebraska. She's from Chicago, but played volleyball for the university. So, in Lincoln? Mm hmm. Awesome. So, she, uh, you know, she went on this whole ride with me. And uh, it was pretty natural to come back here just because we know the area and, you know, what I'll call a nice, kind of safe, Quiet way to raise your children. I mean, yeah. not to say it's perfect, but um, you have a you have a lot less stressors around here than right. the other places we've lived, exactly. and you have a lot more people with similar value systems that are not just Nebraskan but American. Mm-hmm. And so we just wanted to get kind of this to be home base. Um, but of course, it's been really funny because you know, for a set, for the most part, I was gone twenty years.
2: That's what I was going to ask. So, so when you were in the seals, were you married? Mm-hmm. When you first started, so so really, this whole Veterans Day, we need we really need to thank your wife because she sacrificed right. a lot too, didn't she? And what about your Tons. children? What about yeah. your children? Was she? Were they? Were they born sometime during? I mean, I don't yeah. know how that works. So
0: yeah, so my fir- so my first, uh, so yes, my wife. Left Lincoln after college. We went out. She got an apartment. I went through SEAL selection. takes about a year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, we got married sometime after that. Really, on the first uh, weekend, I could get away. Get away. And it was just like, boom, boom. And uh, a few years later, had our first child. We were in Seoul, South Korea. So the first born son was born in Seoul, South Korea. Okay. uh, 2003, so after 9-11. And then um, we just kind of had... uh, one every two years. So we had another boy, then two girls. And so I was deploying that whole time. And so really by about 2011 or 12, you know, I really took a personal step back and realized that my wife was pretty much a single mother, like you read about. And that's, I mean, that was our life. I mean, it was a nice trade-off. We both understood it. Um, And some of my friends have recently, obviously we're getting to the age where we're retiring and they've made it to point to talk about, You know, generally, obviously, the service member knows what they signed up for. Right. Wives, depending. Depending on when you meet your wife, you know what I mean? Right. My my wife certainly did. But the kids, right, have to learn as we go along. And I'm probably luckier than most of my peers that my boys were old enough to remember, um, but not old enough to understand it. Like they were old enough to remember dad left. Gone for a while the girls just kind of like, yeah yeah," you know, and, and coming back here, you know, it's just been funny because of some of the things that are said at school when we first got back and, you know, we came from Germany, right. To Lincoln. Yeah. So then, you know, just some of the kids and the fact that SEAL team has blown up in the media. Yeah. yeah. When the movies started coming out. Yeah. Right. So, but you know, we're, we're, we're beyond that now, but yeah, they've seen the goods and bads. I mean, they've, my children have had friends that were in SEAL Team, you know, in a way. This may sound weird, but like babysitters.
2: Right. So this, is I, I would imagine that's kind of like a, a community mm-hmm. the people that were on the SEAL Team. You probably, there's yeah. bonds there that will never be broken.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, generally speaking, we operate, like I said, 16 to 20. It depends on the yeah. years. So those crews are together for two full years. And in that, I mean, you're going to have the work, you're going to have family gatherings, you're going to celebrate, you know, burrs, um, you know, confirmations, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we all get to know each other real well. And certainly when we're gone, the wives rely on each other. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, when you have a war, there's going to be terrible things that happen. People are going to die. And, you right. know, and so I know,
2: you, so you, you've probably have lost some. Sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've, we've lost plenty of friends and. Yeah while that's again in the adults it's understood i i would personally tell you one of the biggest struggles is trying to explain that to your children right cuz to your children yeah. it's just another like in my case a younger guy that dad works with but he's not my dad but he's you know he's in his 20s and he's gung ho mm-hmm. and then yeah he's not here anymore yeah. so those have been some of the harder times for me trying to explain um uh, you know that whole dynamic to the to my children that knew some of the guys, right?
2: Right, exactly, because that that definitely has to have an effect on them.
0: Yeah, so I think so. Is. I mean, I it, it, they as they are getting older and they're going to school and they're learning about say recent American history and the fact that if you turn on a TV on certain dates, there's reminders, and then of course Veterans Day. I mean, right. so like yeah. Veterans Day, um, I you know I'll present at their school. Great. Um, and it's cool. And, you know, we just try to keep it all in perspective and let them know what it's about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they have a unique experience.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what, I mean, and that's something I've learned. I mean, we we obviously want to thank all the veterans, all of you that serve, but, man, we really need to think about the wives and the kids and, and thank them because, yeah, even even though you guys volunteer. And, and then, you know, people like you, Jack, you're so humble. You say, yeah, but I volunteered. From my point of view, it takes a special, a, spe- a really special person to volunteer to want to go do that, to know that there's probably a better than average chance that you're not going to pull through this. Because you've, you've, if you want to get, you've probably, where, where were you? In Iraq or yeah, Afghanistan? Yeah, I've been mm-hmm. yep, yep. Different, yeah. different operations and stuff. So, yeah. Seen a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, for us, it's, um I mean, number one, I agree with you, like Veterans Day is an important day for our country. Because you're celebrating, you know, people that have served veterans. Right. Um, often to get confused with a Memorial Day where yeah, we're yeah. celebrating the those pe- that the, have the given path, their. past already, yeah, right. The guys that have given their life, and, and so that's always kind of a funny, cute thing to explain to the young people the difference. Yeah. Um, so, like my daughter, we were driving, and on Memorial Day, we often just find a random uh, vet grave and drop some flags off and say a few words, but, uh, we were driving this last, this last Memorial day and, and she was thanking me, thanking me. And I was like, well, honey, I, I'm not I'm dead. Still alive. Can I'm alive. I'm till veterans yeah, day. Yeah. I'm like, I'm still here. I'm your father. I'm okay. I made it. And, uh, you know, but it's, that's cute. Right. And yeah. then you just understand the differences. Um, and, and I say that because for veterans, it's a huge difference, right? Like my business partner and I go round and round because he likes to say, and I get where he's coming from having not served, like, mm-hmm. you know, hero. And I'm like, oh, don't use that word. You know, heroes, I know them. They generally don't come home. And, yeah. and, and then he gets back at me and he goes, yeah, but everybody who's, and I go, well, okay, you're right. Everybody who served to me, yes, is a hero to a degree. Yeah. Um, But I say the same thing when I see the firemen, the first responders. Right, exactly. You know, and that's just my perspective because I've seen heroes. I've served with them, and it was the best of times and the worst of times because, you know, their lives were cut short. But they did it for a purpose, and they wouldn't have wanted to do anything else, nor would I have wanted to do anything else.
2: Yeah, exactly. The whole hero thing is, I mean, to me, kind of what irritates me sometimes is now kids growing up, they want to look up to some of these so-called role models that are maybe in sports or something and man i'm like somebody like you or some are like mr brody in kansas to me those are the role models those are the people that went out to do this i mean you got other people i mean i don't i'm sure this rubs you the wrong but i see some of these and i i don't want to get on a tangent here but damn it when they kneel
0: we love tangents <laughs>
2: When when I see somebody kneeling during the national anthem or are disrespecting that, it pisses me off, Jack. It does. I get and Sue. Oh
1: boy, I go
0: off.
2: <laughs>
0: I go off huge.
2: She. I think there was a time you wouldn't even let me watch football. Nope. Nope.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and the, you bring up a really interesting one right now, and the reason I say that is, so I've had to. Um, I'll just say I've I've had to mediate for some local yeah. football teams, right on that subject. Um, And anytime in my experience, there's something like that. So I'll go with the Jack gut reaction, which is very much your gut reaction. Mm -hmm. And I would hope that it's the very much gut reaction of our country.
2: I think it is probably for 95%. But what we hear about is a small percentage of the people on the mainstream media that, in my opinion, are
0: yeah, Full I mean, crap. they they blow it out yep. of proportion, probably, it sells. But, you know, at the local level, okay, if something like that happens, and what I was involved in, and, and I was just honored to be asked to come try to sift through it for a team answer. Mm-hmm. Because in the sense of, you know, what young people, and we all know young people, um, they their brains function in some funny ways. <laughs> And, and I'm a middle-aged person, and my brain functions in weird ways.
2: <laughs> I'm an old person, and my brain right. barely functions.
0: So, <laughs> you know, you know, get them together, talk about, you know, what, what are the issues, what are we trying to accomplish, um, this, that, and another thing. And in the end of the day, and I think it's hard for sports teams when, you know, they're patterned, they're trying to win, and then something, what I call like a free radical like this, just shows up, you know, how do you deal with it without – ostracizing the team, you know, drawing battle lines, Mm -hmm. getting the coaches mad, getting the fan base mad, you know, and and ultimately what's the point? And so, you know, I've just attacked it with I think the young people think that I'm going to come in with a very hard stance, and I don't do that because I have to – I take it as a chance to educate. Mm -hmm. And so I want to understand why you – that group of you thinks that this is important to do. Listen to them. Okay. I understand what you're thinking. Then we go talk about the group that you joined the team, right? Which is a, you joined the team to be part of something, part of the team, better, bigger than yourself. Okay. And if the team hasn't agreed upon, like we all stand for this or whatever, then, you know, why are you breaking ranks? Right, for a personal thing. So, if you're going to stay stand at uh, Burke Stadium, um, you're not reaching a broad audience for your goal of bringing awareness. Right. Right. No. So, maybe there's a better
2: platform. No, they're just trying to, in my opinion, and maybe I'm totally off base, they're just trying to bring attention to themselves.
0: Well, I, I think in their minds, for the most part, the ones I've talked to, they just haven't thought it through. Yeah. And then they create, they're, they're looking to what they've seen on the big screens. Right. And they're emulating. And then they haven't thought it through, and then next thing you know, they've created an environment that's a little bit untenable for them, and then the team, mm-hmm. and then the coaching staff. And I just try to get them back on, hey, listen, the team's got to come first. Everybody knows the anthem plays. Yep. What we do about it, we have to have a common solution. Would I prefer to be standing on the field and rendering salute? Of course. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Yeah. It was a huge part of my pregame. Right. But if we're not going to come to an agreement, then we can stay in the locker room. That, that, if it's going to be so divisive, but then later we have to find out why we feel the individual action we feel is so much more important than the team. Yeah, and awesome, if you're yeah. in a team sport, right? And oftentimes I'm able to talk to these young people and explain my personal feelings, you know, but also educate them and say, but, and I haven't heard this in the media a lot, but it is their right. So yep. a lot of people say to me, well, you fought for it. Well, exactly. I fought for the right. Do I agree? I would like them to do that. Exactly. However, they are expressing freedom. Yep. And so I don't want to poo poo the fact that it's their right to do that. The learning point for me is that well, you've joined a team. The team has standards mm-hmm. and therefore just like any job you're going to go right. to, hey, I want to work for you. Well, I need you to get your hair cut and wear yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And These are things you're going to deal with in yeah. life, so let's just work through it.
2: Right, exactly. Well, in my case being, I mean, two or three different businesses and employees, I expect they can do go do what they want to do on their personal time, but if they're working for me, they're going to follow my rules and do what I want them to do. And if they don't like it, move on down the road, dude. It's kind of that way so, at home, too. And it's, it's,
1: only in reverse.
2: Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> only, only in reverse. What do you mean?
1: Uh, I I kind of lay the rules down. Well,
2: that's true. Got just got set back here,
1: Pat. I just, to take the opportunity. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but
2: <laughs> every once in a while, you got to get set down. And, and, you know, quite honestly, yeah, I love you, honey. You set me down. And you set me straight. So I appreciate that. So uh, true, truly, I do. So, but uh, I've noticed something here in the conversation. So you're, 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 uh, you're a retired uh, Navy SEAL. But I'm sensing that there's another business that you do, uh, and I'm guessing the name of that business is Performance Mountain. Can you tell <laughs> us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, that's that's great. It is true. So really it started uh, with Nebraska athletics while I was still on active duty. So I was doing a lot of volunteer uh, leadership and cultural dynamics stuff um, that dates back to the Bo Pelini years. And then that kind of parlayed into John Cook where – um, it really went into hyperdrive because of John. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was getting almost towards the end of my career. And so we really almost did a full two-year cycle of consulting myself and my business partner, the original business partner, Dr. Larry Widman, who had already been consulting with the university as well. From a, He's a psychiatrist, so mm-hmm. he had been consulting for years on the mental health aspects um, and then some of that bled into performance. Um, so anyway, yeah. So we, you know, started helping Coach Cook, and obviously, you know, at some point in time, you know, Coach Pelini left the university, and so we had Coach Cook, and he had a successful kind of yeah, he's done all right resurgence. Yeah, um, and is still doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was about, you know, I was getting close to retirement, and and we thought, hey, you know, we might have a business model based on what we've learned from high-performance psychiatry, Navy SEAL leadership, you know, how we took that and embedded it into sports teams at the university. And let's see, right? And so in 2016, we kind of formalized it and just started thinking, how could we take something that comes from the military, comes from high-performance psychiatry, comes from athletics, and can we create a model that works for sports, business, and just regular people? And I mean regular people as in it doesn't really matter to us what you do for a living. The whole premise is, you know, we want to help you be the best you can be. And so we started off in that endeavor, got some companies and, you know, get some feedback. And at times it's been rough because, in all honesty, we started in the military and sports. Mm-hmm. Um and since then, I mean, we've gotten more clients. We've gotten more sports teams. Sometimes we've bounced down to younger sports teams, which is awesome, because what we believe ultimately is that we start a performance mountain basically to transform people in organizations, you know, to reach their peak. Yeah, I don't define what their peak is or their top. Um, they do, Yeah. Um, just like the coaches do in the sports. Um, and oftentimes, you know, what we would – call it in the military is we're combat enablers, like we help and support whatever they need us to do. In the end of the day, all coaches, all business leaders, they're making the day-to-day decisions. We're trying to provide them along the lines of leadership, culture dynamics, team dynamics, communication, and maybe in some cases mental health um, to make them all the best they can be. But what we know is, is that Younger and younger groups are coming into the business world into sports with skills that maybe we took for granted. Um, they just simply don't communicate as good face to face. and no. there's a reason because we yeah, all have our phones. Exactly. It's not rocket science, um, but it's just a fact. And so at some point I started, because I was still on active duty, I was able to look at all the people I had on active duty, you know anywhere from 18 to 30 and see how they were functioning. And then I could pop into Nebraska and see, you know, a similar demographic of student athletes and coaches. And what became very, very clear is that, you know, um, times change, get it. But ultimately when I would go to address, say, an 18-year-old, I had to actually think and talk as if I was teaching a 15- or 16-year-old on an emotional intelligence level. Mm. That's not to say – that's not to say – it's bad or good. It's just when it comes to the type of communication we're doing, listening, communicating effectively, taking feedback, you know, changing behavior change. um, It's getting harder. Yeah. And so if anything, I'd feel that we have some good philosophies and good background um, in helping people do that. Cause ultimately let's break down sports or business. If you have an employee that's not performing Right. You're looking for behavior change. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. And most of us have our ways. And then there's all kinds of other ways out there. So depending if you're ready to get rid of great, you know, if you're ready to retrain great, but maybe there's other options out there that we think about because we come from a different background Mm -hmm. from most of the people we work with. And we just simply provide them solutions, hopefully that work. Um, and so far it's been working, and then we've added Tom Osborne, which is awesome because if you think of T.O. as a senior leadership and and uh, performance advisor, well, what does that mean for Performance Mountain? Well, you have two guys that started it. You know, One comes from psychiatry and sports background with mm-hmm. a very great resume of helping people win national championships. My background, 20 years leading SEAL teams, yep. War on Terror. Well, if we're a little short or we're unsure or something – You can go to TO, who has a huge repository of information, not just from sports, but from working in D.C., to an athletic director, to life, to bounce ideas off of. And then we just recently added Danny Woodhead, which is really great. Really? Because Danny, obviously, you know, being a former NFL guy, recently retired, kind of his path to getting there, Mm. really against the odds. Yeah. But, exactly. he, but he he shares the alignment that it's all about the people. And so we're about coming in and helping make each individual better. And then those individuals form the groups. And then the groups go off and accomplish missions. Awesome. And so, yeah, well, that's that's what we do. We've been doing it uh, kind of in hyperdrive, try, trying hyperdrive <laughs> for a year. Yeah. Um, but it started in 2016. And I have to give John Cook some credit with that because, um, you know, you, he, myself, and Doc were kind of the guys that thought of the genesis yeah. of what we call. He calls it performance team at Nebraska, mm-hmm. and the company is called Performance Mountain. Right.
2: Wonderful. Yeah, so it's that's a great program. Yeah. So, so I mean, it really kind of combines everything your military service, what you learned there, and and to me, I mean, that's that's really a, a laser type focus, isn't it? To be in the military. I mean, every. I mean, we're all in our everyday jobs, but when you're that you're dealing with people's lives you yeah. screw up you screw up somebody not coming back or you may not come
0: back yeah i mean everything in seal team and most military jobs i mean you know the, the truth is the military would tell you um you know there's one warfighter for every 10 support personnel now what does that mean well if you're in the military the warfighter would be who we say okay they're going to go out and they have the higher potential of getting hurt mm-hmm. and then the 10 other folks that are supporting that, they have a lower potential, but the truth is they can still get hurt. So yeah. the team doesn't, one doesn't work without the other. Right. In my particular field, there's just been a lot of press lately that's honestly a little bit unfair um, to everybody else that's out there because we have the same ratio of for every one SEAL, there's 10 support people across administration, intelligence, you know, a lot of gizmo stuff, logistics, no different than any company. Um, But, yeah, I mean, obviously the training that we do on the line assault teams can kill you. I mean, we shoot live rounds close to each other's heads. You know, we jump out of planes, (laughs) we dive, we work with everything in the Uh fleet. Um, And so we do have um, training casualties. But I think any of the units, you know, whether it be the Air Force aviators, you know, the Army Infantry, helicopters, Marines, I mean, those are just the normal part of the job. And to answer your question is, yeah, it provides a laser focus to um, understand the reality of um, what you're doing and what it can cost. And I tell everybody, and I don't think I've found a way to tell them that it sinks home, but when sports teams talk to me or I'm working with them, I try to recreate or create an environment for them to learn that is like that because I played sports. I was in the military for a long time. The only difference is that in the military, you attack the task of the day, the practice, if you will, Mm -hmm. the training mission, as if your life depended on it. Because Because it it does. Because it does. So you can't fake jumping out of an airplane and screwing up your procedure. (laughs) No. So you pay attention where, when I played football, it was very easy to be spaced out during film study. Mm. Right. And then you'll just wing it, you know, when you get out there and those are some of the differences is that, you know, I learned or matured into the ability to look at everything in the way of, well, if I'm going to do it, let's do it right. Exactly. And, um, and you see that you know I don't think anybody doing anything wouldn't want to do that. It's just very easy to slip off of that, um, but that doesn't occur in the military, especially in SEAL Team, because your no, peers will either. check you really quick. Well, I bet, yeah, because yeah. their their lives are life yeah, on your lives. They're,
2: they're, yeah, they're they're dependent on you to get yeah. them to get them home to see their family and do this. Yeah, yeah. and and, and, and kind of growing up, my dad said, if you're going to do it, don't do it half ass. Do it all the way. Right. So that kind of goes together. Now we can get in this. If I mean. I've listened to you've got a podcast going on right now called the Dark Side of Elite. So, and yeah. I have listened to every episode so far, and I am an I am. It is amazing. And there's one thing and you can talk about it if you want to. But when you were going through training, there was an ep. There was something to do about water, and uh, could you go into that just a little bit, Jack? Kind of explain yeah. that, and maybe and maybe put some plugs in for your thing, and hopefully we can get some crossover for some some yeah, bullpen sure. people to listen to the Dark Side.
0: Yeah, Dark Side of Elite, that's my podcast. It's been out about two weeks, uh, maybe three. It's awesome. Um, Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, we're trying hard. I mean, ultimately, the title, The Dark Side of Elite, comes from um, my personal thoughts that, you know, anytime anybody's trying to strive to be elite in anything or be great, um, you know, there's always a cost to it, you know, and sometimes it's family time, sometimes it's, you know, bad decisions made and they lead here, but it's not as fluffy, as we all like to think. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means there's things we all do as as the human animal. And in my case, you know, eventually opioids and too much drinking. And, hey, we got to get ourselves fixed. And I did, and I'm better for it. And Hmm. trust me, my wife and kids really like that. Congrats to you. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, And so those are just some topics that I think get lost sometimes in society, and especially when you talk, you know, with the SEAL Team Fervor that's out there right now, um, you know, this kind of quasi-superhero. Oh, there's a lot of tragic stuff that goes on. I mean, we're not going to tell the entire world about it, and I'm not going to tell the entire world unit stuff, but I'm happy to share my personal experience Mm -hmm. and then hopefully find others because, you know, just today at my son's high school, um, a girl killed herself. Just really? Just today. It's terrible. I I think, you know, to myself, Mm. like... I don't ever remember that growing up in Nebraska. Uh -uh. Um, You know, my cousin just killed himself in Denver, drugs and alcohol, you know. That was kind of expected eventually. So, you know, there's this tragic thing, and combat and PTSD and these big buzzwords we talk about, um, yeah, they're real, but they can be dealt with. And it's all about, you know, being open and honest about what that is. So... The dark side is to focus on that, but obviously we have other skits that are funny, yeah. goofy, because if you're not having fun, <laughs> right? It's, you're not living. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not living. And if you're going to talk every once in a while about some subjects that are hard, I feel it's good to put it in a way that hopefully the most amount of people exactly. can resonate to and just think about it a little different. Yeah. And, and I've said it today. I don't know if it'll tape when we were taping, but, you know, honestly, I could care less if anybody listens. Yeah. Because I'm helping myself stay sane when we do it. I know if somebody is wired like me out there, they will resonate. And if that can help them understand to learn from my silly mistakes, exactly. then I feel like it's been a success. And that may be a veteran. That may be somebody who's on active duty. It may be a businessman somewhere or a wife. I don't know. I mean, I pretty much will cover any subject.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah um, it's, it's, it's great.
0: But, um, yeah, so that was the genesis of it. And, you know, as far as the story, and, yeah, SEAL team, obviously water is a big yeah. part of our training, and, <laughs> and I, I think the one you're referencing is right. one of them where I pretty much almost drowned. Yeah. And, uh, you know, amongst us SEALs, we all have those stories. That that's normal of some sort, like, oh, yeah. I almost died. And not like, oh, no, you literally almost died. Yeah. And then how we deal with them is interesting. And so I had shared on that one how okay, I don't, you know, I, I did the procedure wrong. So, you know, instead of blowing out where I would have been totally easy peasy, you know, no problems in this drill, you know, I sucked in water. It's like 20, 30 feet below. And it's not fun to no. really, really need air and to suck in a bunch of water.
2: <laughs> and, you're, and you're 20 feet below. Yeah, and you're... if
0: I come up, I'm going to fail, right? And I'm going to be like on my way out of training, right? So if you
2: come up for air, you're... you're yeah, out. if
0: I don't finish the procedure, which was nothing more than, you know, I, I know I explained this on the podcast, I'll do it again, but, you know, this was just happened to be an open-circuit scuba rig. So it's just like take it off, go for a swim, that obviously makes you run out of breath, and then come back and put your equipment back on. Mm-hmm. It is actually very, very easy. Right. But for whatever reason... You know, I, I come up there, and the first thing you got to do is you got to blow out the regulator because it's got all kinds of water in it. And, you know, I just sucked it all in, and so all that water went in. So I started choking. It was down on my lungs. I was, like, dying. And I kept looking up, of course, thinking, how am I going to fix this? But if I go up, I'm going to be in the fail, the fail category And so, you know, I look back down at my regulator. I keep choking. I keep choking. At this point, I really don't know what I'm doing. It's just what we would call chicken necking. You're just reacting to get air. And I keep looking up, and I just remember thinking, well, I'm not going up. So I'm not going to fail. So if I die down here, they'll come get me, and hopefully it'll work out. And shortly thereafter, I mean, I finally started getting enough air that – I could breathe and I finished the procedure, went up there and, you know, went in the pass category. And then I sat there, you know, and I was like, Hey, I almost died down there. <laughs> I think other guys are like, Oh, that's cool. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, yeah, but I'm here. That's really fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly how it is. And then we're like, yeah, well you could be over in the loser crew over there. Yeah. Cause like the, the non-winner crew, you know, will get extra attention. That'd and, be and, the body bag. Well, not completely, (laughs) but, but I mean, you will see guys in SEAL team aspirate water. Um, You know, they have emergency services there to help. Right. So we just get used to it. But the funniest part I think of the story is that in processing that in my own mind, I ended up, you know, eventually going home and sleeping with my wife at the apartment. And like, I would piss the bed at night having nightmares. Right. Because you're after this. Yeah. You're trying to process. Yeah. And that might've been what caught your attention is people are like, what? And I'm like, oh no, that's so common in seal team. Like maybe not to everybody, but there's always something that stresses you out. And the stimulus of what we put people through to get what we want, you know, you've got to out-process it. And I just remember like, oh, uh, honey, I peed the bed. She's like, what's wrong with you? And and then, you know, I'd go do whatever, and then a couple of days later I'd do it again. And the only thing i think of is I was just having nightmares processing that. And you were. You know, and then it, then it was gone, and it's never come back. Obviously, I went on to – I mean, that was my first year in SEAL team, so I went on to dive a lot more, and, you know, it never came back. It was just a – th- I found it to be a very interesting way of processing high-level stress back then. And, you know, as time would go on, we would all understand – um Different guys and different mechanisms of which they process stress, and yeah. you, you know, we get good at handling each other. It goes astray when, you know, you start adding decisions, whether that be you know self medicating stuff for things like that, potentially that right. then make it very difficult to pull somebody out of that. You know, yeah. you would later see that in the war with the guys that had some combat stress, right? And and oftentimes we'd find out, whew, we'd find out most of the times from the families. Cause they could hide it pretty good at work. Yeah. I mean, I could. Yeah. Right. So, oh, wow. But you know, that's just one piece of it. I mean, <laughs> you you know, in the end of the day, if you, I'll, I'll always say this, you know, seal team is the most democratic selection there is just show <laughs> up. And if you make it, you're in, I mean, awesome. you just don't quit and, Yeah, and we'll train you up and there you go. You're in the team. <laughs> awesome. Perfect.
2: Well, Hey Jack, thank you so much for coming in today. Yeah. Uh, hopefully maybe we can, maybe we can do this again sometime down the road, but, uh, once again, everybody, uh, on Veterans Day, uh, find a veteran or do something, uh, shout out, find something to donate something to. There's all kinds of causes out there. Uh, uh, I think then, on before we go, Jack, what what is, uh, we're drinking some coffee today. What is, what is.
0: Oh, we got Beard Vets Excellence. Yes. And
2: it is really yes. excellent. Yeah. So it is good coffee. So what does, uh, tell me just a little bit about that before we go.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, i am Beard Vet's another Fremont guy, believe it or not. we got some weird circle going on up there. (laughs) Great small businessman. He's going to be on my podcast tomorrow, which um, was taped. But, you know, he has become very passionate and um, sympathetic is the word he used, but I would just say passionate and understanding to the plight of veterans. Um, He had served in the Marine Corps a while back. Um, So, you know, his whole product line of Beard Vet really supports veterans. Awesome. Um, and the coffee, and then he works really close with CODA Vets, which I think is a new 501C that's attacking veterans' issues in a, in a, in a new um, – they're using social media in a way it hasn't been used to help bring veterans to help to other veterans and to ensure that veterans are getting Great. taken care of. So it's a real grassroots thing. Those are, those are his things. I'll pimp them on my uh, podcast. Go. We're pimping it now. Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, I just like to meet, you know, other other people that are trying to make America a little bit better place. Exactly. And make make uh, America great again, right? Yeah. And my thing is, is, yeah, Veterans Day. I mean, I'm just like you guys now. Yeah. Like, I'm thanking the veterans. Yeah. I mean, I, I run my own charity, and it's a huge honor to see young SEALs and their families come to Nebraska, um, you know, serving. And uh, And that's all you really have to do on Veterans Day. I mean, I'll speak. It'll exactly. be great and i'll educate the young people but but the thing that's nice is thank a vet yeah exactly well i
2: i i know i can speak for for my segment of of the country that would be the the ranchers the farmers uh we all thank thank you jack and all the other veterans out there uh quite honestly i don't know i mean the ag community is very very patriotic uh and, uh, we all thank you very much for your service and, uh, thank you so much for coming in and, uh, with us again today. And I want you, uh, just, uh, sit back in your seat and enjoy some of that coffee and listen to Mr. Bill Brody, uh, from Ashland, Kansas. Uh, he is also a retired Marine vet, uh, got some amazing stories. So, uh, thanks again, Jack and, uh, take a listen to Bill. Tell us, I mean, give me just a little bit of background history on you, uh, your hometown, where where you served, and just a little bit about you, if you could, please.
3: Oh, I'm born, raised, and raised in Ashland, Kansas. Awesome. Ranch on a ranch. Uh, joined the. Well, my father settled out here in like 1884. Uh, so I'm just lived where my family had been since they moved out here.
2: Uh-huh. So joined the
3: Marines when I was 18, coming right out of high school and. Just turned nineteen when I got
2: to Vietnam. So you were you were in the Marines. You served in the with the Marines in Vietnam. Yeah. Yep. I I don't know if you know this or not, but you said you grew up in Ashland, Kansas. I grew up in Ashland, Nebraska. So small world, man. <laughs> so well, hey, Ashland is a great great place to be. Yeah, yeah, it is. Both Kansas and and Nebraska. So so Bill, uh, just you you I mean. And this is Donna to God truth. To you I mean I couldn't pick you out of a lineup if I and I'm not sure, oh, sir. You could pick me out of one. But uh, the the way I got hold of you, Bill, just just to let you know, was through Rachel Gable with Defense Post Magazine. I put out a little feeler looking for uh, for veterans because uh, I want to do a salute to them on Veterans Day. And uh, basically, because because from from the industry I'm in, ag, farm, cattle, whatever, I believe it's you know we're all everybody's pretty patriotic, but man, you talk about a group of people that are really really patriotic and want to thank thank our veterans that are still around alive to thank them before they pass away, and you know and and Memorial Day is great, but I really love Veterans Day because we can actually say thanks. To you in person, or however, however we want to do it. So that's that's my goal today, Bill. And and what I want you to do. We got a little bit of background, but just tell me some of your experiences uh, and what what you've done when you were in service, and uh, now that you're out of service, and and what you what you have started.
3: Well, I just uh, joined the Marines when I was right out of high school, and uh, well. In on the delay program, so I could act like a graduated senior and partied with my buddies all <laughs> summer So they went to college. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to boot camp in September of '66. And uh, I did her training in Vietnam in April '67.
2: Right. Okay. Uh,
3: I wounded in July and. And wounded again, the made it back home in September.
2: Okay, so you say you're wounded. Let's just—I mean, what can you? Do you mind uh, what happened?
3: Well, the first time I had tripped a booby trap, I was real lucky. Uh-huh. I just caught a piece of strap on my arm, but the foreman thought I might have internal injuries. I was supposed to blast. Yeah. And so, got a month in the hospital, which was well worth it because had three meals a day, a bed to sleep in, air-conditioned floor to sleep in, and a shower whenever I wanted it.
2: Right. So
1: and
2: so when, so when,
3: when you... I got, I got caught in an ambush that time. And so got like... in the leg and severed the arteries. and uh, wow. 24 hours, getting me out. But uh, I had to drink it on the 24 hours, but then I had be
2: Right, so where where did this? I mean, in Vietnam, where where was where did this happen? Where did this ambush happen?
3: Uh, our battalion, we were about twenty miles below the DM city. Okay. And we were in the mountains border. The Laos border.
2: Yep. So,
3: so the battalion got ambushed and. I, they radioed back for us to try to flank the ambush. Lieutenant took, told me to take my team out on point to try and flank the ambush. I walked into <laughs> another.
2: Yeah. So you said your team. So sure. were you a team leader, or I mean, what's the terminology yeah. for that? I'm I'm naive, I'm very naive on this. So. Uh,
3: well, an infantry, an infantry uh, platoon is you start out with a, a fire team, and you got three fire teams in the squad, and you go to. Uh, you know, several squads. I think up platoon. we were running under strength. You know, when I got hit, a uh, reinforced squad should have been 14
2: men. I think that took our squad down to about seven men. I got hit. Wow, wow. So that's now when, when when I mean this this fascinates me. So you you tripped a landmine and and that injured you. Then you got ambushed. So when you got ambushed, what would they? I mean. If you don't mind, I mean, if there's something you don't want to talk about, I, I totally get it. Just say I don't want to discuss that. But when you got ambushed, what did they, to me, that's like I see somebody come up from behind and, and are from. Uh, the
3: jungle was so thick that we were in. I was probably less 10 feet from them. I
2: couldn't see Really? Shot and so so they they shot you with rifles or, or, or grenades? Yeah, or, yep. yeah I,
3: took, yeah, I could, took around, hit the big bone in my cast, shattered it.
2: So what what did they 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 come in with helicopters and get you out or how how uh, exactly that, did that go down?
3: Well, they tried to. They, they tried, tried to. to. The first chopper came in and the canopy was too big; he couldn't get the basket through it. Yeah. And he had loaded on from up in Tucson, so he had to go on. Another one came in, got the basket, dropped through the hole, and probably some kid from the states because. He started taking fire, and they got me laid in the basket. They pulled up, pulled out before they had me strapped in. They flipped Ooh. me out thirty feet up.
2: Oh, you're kidding! So, so you're you're on your way up, and you fall out, and the helicopter takes off.
3: Yeah, and then <sighs> the next day they were in airstrikes on the hill. So, you uh, say they so came it. in and laid like, and then, then. Uh, the uh, gunships, helicopter gunships came in, made straight the
2: ground. while medevac came in, dropped the to Yep. So you were, you and were, the- you were there for over twenty-four hours, then injured like this. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So this was your leg. How? How do? You, how, I mean, obviously, at, how do you get? I mean, you, you stole your mobility, and and everything is still good today, Bill. or, or are you still suffering from some of? That? Oh, I, I uh, got
3: a wood leg, but there was not me.
2: Yeah. You know, I get kicked by a kick and spear. I've got an advantage <laughs> over you. Well, exactly, exactly. My, 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 uh, my dad's uncle—he lost his leg uh, cutting silage, and he was a truck driver and a farmer and stuff. And he'd always, he people that wouldn't know it, he'd become truck, and then he'd he'd have a wooden leg, and he'd kick it, and the leg would go flying, and people would look and go like, "Well, what the hell just happened?" So, and then uh, my my grandpa lost the arm cutting silage too. Uh, and He never joked around it quite that much, but my uncle he was, he was kind of a he was a goofball. He he, yeah he he might just stick the leg back in the grain truck, and it might be coming out, and somebody at the elevator would freak out and see a foot coming out of the truck. So, but <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this: so so what what years did you serve in Vietnam?
3: Well, I was just there for five months and sixty seven. Got there in April and got back out in September.
2: Okay, so. Uh, Obviously, then, what uh, what was the reaction, you know, when you came back from service? How do you think that all went down?
3: Well, coming back to this part of the country was better than a lot of the troops went back to, but it was still, uh, I came home there Thanksgiving, and I mean, I, I dropped, and I wasn't fat when I went over from 195 to 125 when I got back to the States. Wow. Came on Thanksgiving, and
2: one of my classmates that I went to school with for two years spit it on me and called me a baby killer. Really? And, uh, yeah. Okay, so this is somebody you went to school with like that, and they had really had no respect or for whatever, for what, no, you, I mean, for, for what you did yeah. fighting for our country and for our freedom. Uh, but that
3: just had a coin, too, coming from a town like this. And of course, it was in the local paper, and,
2: yep.
3: and uh, I would get ten to thirty cards a day from all over the United States. People from our hometown that knew my family, and they write a lot of, football know me. knew my family, so I was, I was blessed in a lot better ways than a lot of
2: the. Right. Yeah. So so now that I mean now that you're back, what do you, I mean, tell go a little. I know a little bit about what you're doing now, Bill. What what. Uh, what have you done over the years? What do you What do you got going on right now?
3: Well, that was one of the reasons the people take got started because of the way we were treated when we came home. Uh fact, oh gosh, how many years was? Uh, thirteen years ago, I was headed out to Colorado to shift cattle for Superior and uh, listening to the news and then leaving the Fox. You know, if uh, there was something bad happened in Iraq Afghanistan, and it was all over the news, but not the good things that these kids do and I you know test work test work that uh, they're trying to treat us or these boys the same way they did us yeah. and I came up with my idea I mean two things in my life cattleman and the United States Marine. so I just put the awesome. two of them together and I went to Jim Odelu, who the time I was general manager of Superior Livestock. I said Jim I got a crazy idea I told him what it was he just looked at him and said, we can do it. Great. And uh, it took us a little while to get it off the ground, but, you know, now we've served over half a million troops and family members when they're or coming home. That, and I don't think there's a better way to promote these. Being
2: at 18
3: to 20, ounce i say.
2: Right, yeah, it, it, it's not only that, to me, the best part the, the I mean it makes the hair stand up on my arms just listening you say that, but just the fact that you're doing this for these people coming back, yeah, it's just that's just amazing. So what, where are you? Coming I mean, back, coming,
3: coming back or going out? You know, is the two. And uh, you know, we've got three qualifiers and there for a while. We've wiped it out a little bit because we didn't have as many deployments at
1: all. Yeah.
3: But basically, when they started, it, they were either deploying, deploying to go down downrange, coming back downrange, or, or uh, they now have, which they didn't have when I was in, what they call Wounded Warrior Battalions.
2: So right, yeah, I've heard of that a little they bit. Keep
3: yep. them, you know, they keep them on duty when they're out of the hospital to not just do physical, but a mental mm-hmm. Yep. And with, that's... with us, they, they just told us go home, your paperwork will be in the mail.
2: Yeah. Oh, when you came yeah. home, they just—they just said, "Go home. Your paperwork's on the way." And yeah, yeah. Huh. awesome. So, so
3: they—they—they're doing a better job. You know, it'll never be perfect. Because
2: right. Yeah. It's
3: going to have a war zone. It's just every world have different things.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's and it's something. I mean, are you still connected? I mean, from your group back in in, in Vietnam, or do you still have some some people that were. That you served with? Or are they still around? Are you still in contact with some of them?
3: Uh, just basically one right now. One way you could go out, or I went out, I didn't know anybody's address. Or yeah, you know, one one. I know where one guy is. I've lost a couple friends and guy.
2: Right. From so, cancer. Yeah. Cancer. Yeah. Let me ask. I mean. Uh, I uh, just a step back here a bit, Bill. I mean, I talked to, I talked to some now and uh, you know, a lot of them say, well, they volunteered. Did now you were probably, you were probably drafted, I would imagine, right? For the, Oh, no. I, I, did I you, I you volunteered.
3: John, John White. Yeah. I, awesome. I volunteered. i had a high school, but I watched too many John
2: White movies. <laughs> True grid. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. That's great, man. That is. So where are you headed to? Where are you headed to right now?
3: Headed up to Junction City. We're going
2: to do that. 60, the okay, point. so what did you, what'd you say? About 500-some people up there? Five,
3: 500 troops and family. Are well, in a, I think 500 adults
2: and 300 kids. Yeah. okay. 500. And that's really, I mean, for Veterans Day, I'm, yeah. I, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, but also we need to remember to thank the wives and the families of these people like you that volunteered because they're, you know... Uh, they went through just as you know. I they went through a hell of a lot too.
3: Well, the family. I mean, I That's my only regret about um, my service is what it did to my family. Yeah. Now I think it took several years off my dad's side.
2: Yeah. And, just just because he worried about you so damn much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, of
3: course, I was engaged at the time. I what it did to my wife and Huh. My wife to be, you know, yeah. still married me.
2: crazy! Wow, that's 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 amazing. So, I mean, here's a, I mean, what, I mean, I'm just in awe, of you, Bill. But what, what, I mean, you said you watched John Wayne. I get the, t- but what, what really made you want to go serve the country? What, what, what inside you said, hey, this is something I really want to do. I don't know. I just,
3: I felt like an Indian dude.
2: You needed to Probably do Probably
3: see if I was tough enough to be Marine. I didn't know.
2: Right, yeah, yeah. So so that is uh, that is awesome. So is there anything anything else you'd like to add, Bill?
3: I don't know. It just uh, same thing I'd ask everybody. Which one of you out there wouldn't buy a soldier's sake? You know, we're a nonprofit. Huh. There's not a salary paid in our organization. Uh, we're a tremendous
1: asset, I think, for the beef industry. But, uh, yeah.
2: So, so the, the groups in the beef industry
3: haven't done it much to help us, but it's all been individuals that have donated and made this thing possible.
2: Yeah, well, and, let, uh, let, let's see if we can change that a little bit. What is there a website or anything, Bill? I mean, how can people... States, Go ahead.
3: troops.com troops Okay. I got questions. My phone number's there. And, okay. And uh, our address is there. And... and uh, you know, we're
2: a non
3: so it's uh we're a 501c3 we're yeah tax deductible and, and
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, you know of course some of your listeners might be in the chicken business and i look like this statement but <laughs> i get out there t- t- tell tell the truth before we feed them that they gotta say no to chicken after that it, <laughs> it's all foul
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, you know what <laughs> yeah some of them are chicken listeners but trust me uh most of them are beef producers and and ranchers and trust we've been fighting this whole damn fake meat thing for a while uh but uh so say give me that website once again bill
3: steaksfortroops.com
2: steaksfortroop.com so people can get on that anytime and donate uh yeah um uh,
3: yep our uh, address is there that is the mail it awesome Check, actually our mailing address goes right to my bank that way i don't I'm gone a lot. I don't have checks yep. sitting at the post office or wherever
2: and, and uh, Right. Do you ever take uh do you yeah. ever let somebody come help you serve steaks?
3: Oh yeah, we I think they I'm talking to Bruce, he's running the street tomorrow. I like, think he's
2: got a bunch of four HQs coming to him. Okay. Well I'm I'm just gonna put this out there right now. I know I know myself and my wife would love to come help you cook some steaks sometime. So uh uh if you see me a message from me on Facebook, that's what it's gonna be about, buddy. So Okay. I uh,
3: hopefully I'll I'll get it time to read it because
2: I get Facebook about every uh, sometimes. Well, you friended me. You friended me, so you're well. You're on the downhill side now. So okay. So (laughs) (laughs) hey, Bill, I want you to have safe travels. Uh, Have a great weekend, and once again, from the bottom of my heart, and I'm sure I'm speaking for just about everybody out there that listens to the bullpen. Man, we really, really appreciate everything you did and your family did and what you're doing, and what you're doing moving forward. Uh, and God bless you, man. Uh, have a yeah. great, have a great, well, ve- great Veterans Day. And I look forward to the day where I can stand, and look you in the eye, and shake your hand. So, Thank you, sir. Well, okay.
3: These kids today gave us pride back in our service because ten years ago you didn't see any Vietnam veterans with Vietnam veterans camps on, you see them everywhere
2: now. Right. And thanks to these kids today that Vietnam veterans have come out of the closet. Awesome. Awesome. So, Mr. Bill uh, Brody, thank you so much for joining uh, the bullpen today. And thank you again t- to Jack Riggins. So, uh, and once again, everybody out there, uh, give a veteran a thanks today. So, and, and not just today. Every time you see one, tell them thanks. Tell their family thanks. Uh, so, uh, once again, everybody, thanks for joining. Uh, Listen to the bullpen. Make sure to check out VoglerCattle.com, NebraskaBullService.com, and VoglerSemenCenter.com. Uh, one more thing before we close today. Uh, my wife, Susan, is helping with some fundraising. Uh, honey, why don't you go ahead and tell them about the two events you have uh, coming up for fundraising here.
1: So we have a couple events coming up for, it's actually called Four Ele- Elephants, and uh, with Dr. Carrie Morfeld. Um, the first one's going to be uh, We Care Wednesdays at Paizan's Pizza at 156 and Center. Uh, Matt is very generous about donating 10% of his sales. Um, that's sales for the whole day. So anybody that uh, hasn't tried Paizan's and those of us that love it, grab a pizza.
2: Exactly. And, and one thing, that is the night before Thanksgiving. Yep. So everybody eats pizza the day before Thanksgiving. So everybody get out there. Go to Versus, make him work because he needs to, so, uh, and support the cause. So, go ahead, hon. That's
1: November 27th. November 27th. And then the other one is going to be at Turtle Doves in Gretna on December 5th. Um, Carrie's going to tell about her most recent travel over to Africa and the work that she does over there. So, we don't have a time set for that exactly. I think it's going to start at six. But um, hopefully we can give you a little bit more detail as that gets closer. Yep.
2: So anybody, anybody want to come out out to Paisons the night before Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving, buy some pizza for your family, buy some pizza for your office, uh, take it around, spread it around. uh, And then December 5th, uh, keep checking back uh, on Facebook on uh, Wandering Wine. I should include
1: that. There's going to be wine.
2: There you go. On December 5th, wine. Wine. So, all right. Thanks again, everybody. Bye.